listening to the bob and bo show here are your hosts ty bob ty bo and sean welcome back to the show everyone i am ty bob joined by ty bo no sean in the chief show you will hear him later on in the nfl show got a little split scheduling going on today but we are back ready to talk about the kansas city chiefs who head into cincinnati to take on What is turning in to be a little bit of a rivalry, the Cincinnati Bengals. There's been a little bit of Twitter beef going on and uh, with with players that weren't even on the team last year during the AFC Championship loss in Arrowhead. Um, But all of that coming up very soon. Right now, I'm very excited for Tybo's top five as he has talked to me a little bit about it just before the show. So let me hand this one off for another edition of Tybo's top five so everybody if uh if you don't know this about me here we'll learn it now Uh, i am a dog lover i have two dogs that are german shepherd and great pyrenees mixes um i am a lover of all dogs but i'm bringing you my list of top five dog breeds and it's just a little bit of an and some because i have one honorable mention I feel like I had to include it on this list because, as I just stated, it is part of where it's one of the breeds that make up the dogs that I have right now. Um, so my honorable mention is German Shepherd. And I'll take this time to say that I think all working dogs um, should be held to a slightly higher standard than some of the other dogs. And I know a lot of the dogs that were bred back in the day were for working purposes, but any dog that uh, – you know, has that instinctual just desire to work or complete a task. Um, I think that's fascinating. Um, the German Shepherds, um, if you don't give them enough, enough exercise or enough work, you know, like they'll destroy your house. Um, they will chew up everything. Um, they are dogs that need stimulation. Um, a lot of dogs are like that. Um, my top five has some of those breeds. Um, but anytime, anytime you got a dog that was bred to do like some actual work, you know, you got to do a little bit of extra work as an owner, um, to make sure that they're living healthy lives. But number five, I got St. Bernard, uh, big dog. Obviously I love big dogs. I've never owned a St. Bernard in my life, but I've met some really, really chill one, chill ones. Um, I have a current client right now where some family members have them. Uh, St. Bernard named Mo. Um, whenever he comes over, uh, I get I'm just a little excited. I, I like fanboy over dogs. Like sometimes I will, I see a really cool looking dog in public. Like I will stop everything to come over and talk to you about them. Uh, don't mind if I can't pet them. Like I'll just talk to you about your dog. <laughs> uh, number four, uh, I, I said Husky or Malamute. Uh, Malamutes usually bigger and fluffier, um, but still cool looking dogs. Um, I lived with a Husky in college. His name was Rome. Um, crazy story. Long story short, uh, the Rome like got away from the house 
Uh, he was on his leash out front and broke free. Um, some Asian lady scooped him up. He broke away from her and the people that he broke away from contacted us or we like eventually found him because we were like, my friend was looking for his dog and it happened two days before Christmas, uh, got returned to his owner. It was, it was one of the coolest stories I've ever seen. He was, he was missing for like seven months. Um, but Huskies are, they're beautiful. They're talkative. Um, they are escape artists and they also need lots of stimulation. Probably one of the most on the list. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't exercise or work your Husky, um, just like the German shepherd, they'll tear your house apart. Number three, switching it up here, uh, does not go along with any of the rest of my list. Uh, but number three is the pug. I love pugs. I don't care if you think they're ugly. Uh, they're cute as hell to me. Um, they're extremely affectionate. They're cuddle buddies. I like one of my favorite dogs I have ever met was a friend of mine's pug named buddy. Um, the dude was extremely cool. He would roam around the neighborhood off leash. Like he, he like knew all the kids in the neighborhood and everything. Uh, he would get, or well, so some of the kids, uh, coming off the school bus, uh, were messing with him one time. This was a story that my friend Graham told me. I never witnessed this, but I fully believe it because buddy is hilarious, but these kids got off the school bus and were messing with him and they finally go home. And about 20 minutes later, you see buddy go over to their house and like pee on their garage. <laughs> so like the, the dude was smart, but he was also funny. Like, uh, one of those dogs that, uh, has to say hi to everybody, um, <clears throat> who comes into the house and, uh, just love to chill with everybody. So pugs, pugs have that, that chill factor. Um, I know some of them can be yappy and hyper. Um, but you find a, you find a chill pug. They, they're like a really chill best friend. I love that. Number two, got a great Pyrenees. Um, if Sean was on, he might be able to say uh, some things about Great Pyrenees because his family's farm um, has always owned one or two. Um, and the most fascinating thing to me about uh, Great Pyrenees is if you, if you raise them on, the, on a farm and you don't pet them, you don't touch them, they will naturally learn their job on the farm of being a, of being a protector. Um, I've seen some really cool videos about uh, mountain work dogs that just naturally learn their role on a farm. Um, it's, it's fascinating to me. Um, but great Pyrenees, uh, again, another massive dog. Um, they're, they're great family dogs and you don't have to work them that much because they will be aloof and lazy for you. Um, like they will be as chill as like their owner. Like they will take on the, persona of their owner for sure um so not not a dog that's going to tear up your house if you don't give it all the exercise that it needs um but one of the dogs you kind of have to monitor their diet if you're not exercising them a lot because they're if they get way too heavy their hips will just give out on them um my best friend in the entire world he was my best friend at my wedding uh augie's Great Pyrenees passed a couple years ago. Uh, his name was Sirius, also one of my favorite dogs I've ever met. Loved me to death, but there was one time Alex was laying down 
next to his dog and I came and smacked him on the chest and Sirius like stood up and almost bit me. So uh, <clears throat> I saw firsthand their protective nature um, and he was cool with me. So it was, it was crazy. Like he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't let me touch Alex, which was funny. Uh, number one, another big dog. Um, I grew up with these, but Newfoundland's. Um, it, it, it sounds like everybody says it really fast. It sounds like Finland, but it's Newfoundland. It's, it's, um, uh, Providence or territory in Canada. Um, we, everybody says it really fast and it sounds like Newfoundland, but it's New, Newfoundland, um, massive black dogs, um, bred to be swimmers and rescuers. Um, they can, uh, I mean, I, I think there's stories of them like rescuing people from like whirlpools or or something like big, big matted paws that like they're strong swimmers, um, but the most gentle creatures you could ever meet. Um, I don't. I there can be some rowdy and playful um, newfies, uh, but I don't think I've seen an aggressive newfie my entire life. Um, I'm sure they're out there. Um, I'm sure some kid has crossed paths with a with a newfie, got bit, and because of its size, it was probably um, taken pretty seriously. Uh, but they're just the most lovable bear rugs um, that love cuddling. They just they're the sweetest things. I grew up with two of them. Um, and you know, without with all the the big black fur on them, they love sitting out in the snow. So we have a couple cool pictures of these monstrous black dogs sitting out on our deck and and you know, a couple inches of snow, just enjoying it, just having the time of their life. Um they hold a very special place in my heart because I grew up with them. Um they will never be they will they will never be taken away from from my top five or from my number one. Like they will never be dethroned, and that's that's just the way it is. I love big dogs, but Newfies are number one for me. I remember them as a as a kid hanging out at your house, and they were they were the best dogs. They were awesome. I have not ever seen a Newfie anywhere else. Surprisingly, uh, anywhere else, and never. I've ne outside of your house, I've never seen a Newfie. Uh, if you were watching, you probably saw my dog come up. I've got two. I've got myself a beagle and a uh, a mutt. He's a boxer mastiff pity mix. Um, so another big dog. But yeah, we between the two of us, we've got four. Love the dogs. We'll always have them. Hold a special place in our hearts, much like the Kansas City Chiefs. Who Chiefs as I dogs are honestly what I was raised on. So <laughs> yes. Well, and so much so that I named my dog Chief. So uh, we do have uh, a little bit of news here. Not too much, much like with the NFL show that's going to be coming up. Not a ton of news. Uh, I thought it was really cool to note that uh, let's keep an eye on Patrick Mahomes as, as long as he averages six more yards per game than he has been through the rest of the season. He will hit 6,000 total yards between rushing and passing. Oh, you totally yards. I was about totally to say yards between rushing and passing. Shatter a record if he got six out of the pass. Yeah, he's he's at uh, three hundred and fifty point eight yards per game right now. He needs three hundred and fifty six point eight yards per game for the next 
for the rest of the season to hit the 6,000 yard mark. Definitely possible. Let's jump over into the injury report real quick. It is completely full for the Kansas City Chiefs. However, most of them are in full participation. For non-participants, there was Kadarius Toney uh, with a hamstring, Jarek McKinnon with a hamstring, uh, and and those were the two full non-participants for Wednesdays and Thursdays practice. There was Juju Smith-Schuster, who had an illness. He was a non-participant on Wednesday, but a full participant on Thursday. We had a light participation from Dion Bush with his elbow for Wednesday and Thursday, but everybody else was a full participant on both days. So that is Trey Smith, Joe Tooney, Brian Cook, Carlos Dunlap, Lucas Niang, Legereus Sneed, Juan Thornhill, MVS, Jalen Watson and Justin Watson. Kansas City Chiefs are one of the teams that is known for being overly cautious and going ahead and placing players on the injury list, not holding anybody back. It doesn't really mean anything once you designate them as a full participant. They're going to be playing, um, but they are overly cautious just in case. That's that's the way that Andy Reid has always been uh, as you go ahead and list guys. Um. It's good to see Joe Tooney going to be back. Uh, I thought Allegretti played okay in his stead, um, but it will be nice to have him back given the magnitude of this game on Sunday. That's kind of the biggest name I was looking out for. I mean, of all the of all the people that are dealing with something on the team, he's, he's a guy that I definitely wanted back for this game. Um, Bengals' D-line isn't – that scary, but any any starter that we can plug back in there on that offensive line is um, just going to help us out. So Joe Tooney brings a level of play that's slightly better than Allegretti. And maybe slightly is not even the correct word. He might bring a, a level of play that's way better than Allegretti. Right. Well, Cincinnati Bengals do have a few players that are on their list. Uh, there were a couple players that were light practices, full practices, and non-participants just due to rest. Those two players are Lyle L. Collins. Excuse me, Lyle, Lyle Collins. <laughs> uh, he was a non-participant on Wednesday with a full participant on Thursday. You also had DJ Reader, uh, who is a light participant on Wednesday, but a non-participant on Thursday. Both of those non-participations, again, due to rest. Uh, it sounds like uh, Jamar Chase is going to be back this week. He was a light participant on both days. You also had Joe Mixon due to the concussion issues. He was a uh, light practice on both days. And their only full participant defensive tackle, uh, Josh uh, Tupo, uh, who was a uh, full participant on both days. So uh, a lot less issues on their end, but also it doesn't seem to be any issues in Kansas City. Any worries for from you, Tybo? Well, not necessarily. I mean, it is what it is every every week. Uh, I mean, it's been highly documented on Twitter, uh, but every week it just seems like whoever the other team has out is usually back ready to play for us, especially if they're any type of notable player. Um, but I was – yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I was doing some reading uh, on a couple of reports on the Jamar Chase thing, and – I don't know if he plays a full game. I don't know if they give him a full workload. 
the uh, hip was a big issue. I would assume it's a snap count, but also this is a must-win game for them as much as it is for the Chiefs, in a sense, to to stay one seed. So uh, it's pretty big for them. I don't know. Other teams are continuing to prove me wrong half the time, but like I'd, I'd, I'd like to expect NFL coaches to err on the side of caution with the health of their players. Nope. Um, but we know this business and – not every organization can be quite like Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, we def- definitely, uh, definitely are not trying to be the Dolphins with putting Tua in concussion two weeks in a row. Uh, there was just a little bit of news that I alluded to earlier. Uh, I will not be pulling up the tweets for that, but there was an exchange between Chiefs players and Bengals players on Twitter after. Uh, uh, reporters asked questions to chief safety, Justin Reed asking him about how he can help this chiefs team uh, get the win that eluded them last season. Um, he went on to drop a couple names that were completely incorrect. He was referring to number 88 tight end, uh, Hayden Hurst of the Cincinnati Bengals, and he uh, talked about Higby, uh, who plays for the Rams, and then Higgins, number 85, receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Hayden Hurst then in his own uh, little report there uh, stated that he has a long memory and he is not worried about anybody on the Kansas City Chiefs, um, while uh, Jamar Chase, receiver, for the Cincinnati Bengals, who we just spoke about in the hip issues, uh, decided to go back and forth with in a spat with Justin Reed on Twitter and called him tuna in a can with the cat emoji. Um, Pussy. I don't know <laughs> what that means. I have I don't know if that means that he he's saying that Justin Reed has a smelly that or um can you need me to say it is, again for you? Is, yeah, go ahead. Sure. Your mom's listening because, like, this oh, is I like don't hard mind. for you. Okay. No, 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 no. I don't. Pussy. I just... <laughs> um, I, or, or maybe he's just, uh, he, I, I don't know. There's a lot of different things. People were pulling up Urban Dictionary. I, I don't know. But uh, the one thing I do know is Justin Reed better back up whatever it is that he was doing because it was 100% intentional when you watch his facial expressions on the, uh, uh, with the reporter and then what he was doing on Twitter. Uh, so Justin Reed, sir, uh, I need, I need 20 solo tackles, a couple pick sixes. Like you're going to, you're going to have to, you're going to have to bring it. So even when he replied to Jamar Chase, he's like, you're welcome for like the, the free, or the extra motivation or whatever. Right. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, don't be doing that. Don't, don't do what the Buccaneers did to our D line. Don't do what other people have done to some, like, like us. Oh, some no of these bulletin people. board like, material, please. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so I, I really do understand what Jamar Chase is doing. Like coming to the defense of one of his players, like felt like a teammate of his was disrespected and he came at him on Twitter. Um, but just get get a little better with your uh, insults, or just be a little clearer, uh, because <laughs> yeah, turn in a can pussy. It, I, I don't. It's just like if if someone's gonna insult me with that, like in a in a in a face to face conversation, like I'm just probably gonna start laughing. Like I'm not gonna be that offended by what you're calling me. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Odd. That's definitely not going to win any roast battles. No. <laughs> not at all. 
Well, folks, outside of the Twitter beef that seems to be happening, we do have a game that's going to be played. Tybo, walk me through a little bit of a few of your expectations for Sunday's game. Man, uh, this is a lot of people have had this game circled on the schedule uh, before the season started. Um, this is a re- this should be a revenge game for us. Uh, the Bengals have plenty of problems on the offensive line, so I expect our D line to continue to eat. They are continuing to build momentum. Uh, they're continuing to work better as a unit. Um, and Chris Jones is still Chris Jones. Um, I That is probably the most guaranteed aspect of this game. Um, I'm almost positive that our defensive line will be in the backfield all day against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. With that being said, I still think this is going to be a little bit of a shootout. Joe Burrow is known to be able to get out of some sticky situations. And both games last season, we felt like we had them beat going into halftime and we completely pissed it away. Um, So they are a competitive team. They will hang around. Um, But, you know, expect a a high-scoring game, but also expect at least four sacks out of the Kansas City Chiefs. Four sacks. Four sacks. Big, mighty words coming from Tybo. Um, I mean, this this team, the Cincinnati team is very good. They started off this season shaky. They clearly do not play very well without Jamar Chase. Um, I am expecting fireworks, folks. I'm expecting fireworks. There will be a lot of passing. There will not be a lot of rushing. There will be scores back and forth. Expect this to be a high-scoring affair. This will get very chippy. We may have to break up a couple of fights that are in the field. I'm excited. Listen, I I get up for the Bills games. Those are very fun. Those are very chippy. With as much shit-talking that has been going on, I mean, more so than with Bills, there's been a – I don't know what's going on with Cincinnati. I'm liking it a lot. It's going to be a very tough physical game. Uh, I don't know – this is really going to depend on the refs. Are they going to let it be physical? Are they going to Are they going to be nitpicky? We're going to have to find out. But expect Patrick Mahomes to throw for over 350 yards, three touchdowns. I'm on board with that. Faux show. Defensively, I, I, I'm in line uh, with with Tybo. I think we are going to get a ton of pressure, although the numbers aren't going to turn out for the sacks. I don't believe it just didn't last year. I don't think it's going to this year. Joe Burrow is very elusive. What I will say is, is I expect no less than two interceptions this week. You don't think we're going to get four sacks? I don't think we're. I don't think we'll get more than two. At best, you, you don't think. You don't think Chris Jones is fired up about this game, considering what he did, what Joe Burrow did to Chris Jones in the AFC Championship game. 
I am not saying that Chris Jones will not be fired up. What I am saying is I think Joe Burrow is one of the better quarterbacks that we have faced this season, and he is really good at being able to move around the pocket and get the ball out of his hands should he get into trouble. So while the pressure will be there and the sacks don't come, the the pressure that is brought in by Chris Jones and the rest of the defensive line will cause the interceptions that will be happening in the deep space. Yeah, I uh, will continue to disagree with you uh, on that point because we are near the top of the league in pressures. Frank Clark Clark is top five in pressures, um, and we are seeing more and more results as the weeks go by um, due to that effort. Um, I really want to call a firm two sacks for Chris Jones, and then, you know, we get – a blitz All sack shots and somebody else gets a sack. I mean, but that's kind of a standard setup for us. So uh, I, I think Chris Jones is going to get his hands on Joe Burrow and make sure that that bastard doesn't get out of it. <clears throat> I like it. I like it. I like the calls. I'm calling two picks, two sacks, one from Chris Jones, one from LJ. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. What are some things we shouldn't expect from this week? It's tough because the NFL is unpredictable. Um, I would honestly say this is going to piggyback off of something that you said earlier, but there's no reason to expect a 100-yard rusher in this game. Um, I think we, we lean this way anyways. This is our tendency. We abandon the run even when we're winning games. Um, so I don't think Pacheco has a hundred yard game. Um, especially if Mixon doesn't play, P Ryan's not going to have a hundred yard game. Uh, this, this game is going to be dominated by the passing game. Um, and why wouldn't you? Well, I mean, Higgins, Boyd and Jamar Chase on one side, and you have Pat Mahomes on the other side with a bunch of, with a plethora of options. So I, I mean, why wouldn't like that? I, I, I don't know which way to go for no expect what not to expect in this game. Um, don't, don't expect, expect anything. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to this, like this game is, is reminiscent of Rams chiefs, 2018, like two high powered offenses, one good coach. The other one has a good quarterback who plays the coach because Zach Taylor's awful. Um, and maybe that's what it comes down to. I don't know. What I would say is don't expect it. Do not expect a clean game. Like I like I said in what to expect, it's going to be very physical regardless of what the referees want to want to play. Do not expect a clean game. There will be chips, this will get dirty, this will get nasty, there will be hits out of bounds, there will be hits flying uh, I I mean expect like Willie Gay to come down and just lay somebody out. Just it, it's going to be haywire from start to finish. Last season, there were 15 penalties in the chiefs Bengals game, five for the Bengals, 10 for us. We absolutely shot ourselves in the foot with some of those penalties, um, especially on defense late in the game. Um, so I, I just, this year overall, the team has been hungry. The vets on this team um, want and it's almost like a revenge tour for them. Um, and the Bengals are definitely a high priority on that revenge list. Who should we be watching this week? 
Man, uh, let's watch Justin Reed. He's in. He's in the Twitter beef. We got to. Got to. He's already gonna have a microscope on him. Uh, I do. I don't really feel like Justin Reed has made highlight real plays, but he's definitely made an impact on this defense. Um, his one his one highlight real play was probably the hit on Isaiah McKenzie in the Bills game. But other than that, he's done a lot of stuff that people don't really notice. Filling in the run game, uh, coming down on the edge on outside runs. Uh, he's he's very important to this defense, but you don't like he's not he's not the face of it by any means. Uh, Nick Bolton and Chris Jones get a lot of credit um, with the sacks and all the like. You know, Nick Bolton continuously has ten tackle games. Justin Reed is probably not going to have a 10-tackle game, but he does a lot of small things that really impact the flow of the game. Um, he's done a great job for us this season, so I just hope he, he continues that. Uh, for for the offense, um, I guess I, I, I kind of want to say Sky Moore, but – everything in me is telling me to say Orlando Brown. Uh, he had a near perfect game last week. And if he keeps that up, uh, our chances look way better in this game. I don't, I can't think of the name of the defensive end that's going to be on that side, but I know it's one of their better D linemen on Cincinnati. So OB is probably going to have his hands full, but if he continues to perform, this game's going to go way better for us. Outside of Justin Reed, I i mean, I obviously think that that obviously needs to be watched under a microscope. I am going to say Frank Clark. I think he's going to be a big factor in keeping contain in which is his best portion of his game as a Kansas City Chief is the contain. Um, he will have a ton of pressures. I don't know if he gets on the sack board. I, I didn't call him to get one, so I'm going to say no. Offensively, I'm very glad Tybo did not call this because I'm going to go with Sky Moore and I'm going to call a shot with him. There is a lot of trust. He is taking routes and targets away from guys like MVS, who's been in the league for a while. Patrick is trusting him week in and week out for the last few weeks. So expect him to have plus 80 yards and a tut. First TD. First TD. I think it's definitely possible. I mean, it's got to come some point, right? Plus 80 and a tud. Take it to the bank. Same gay parlay for you. Is uh, is he going to be on the receiving end of a touchdown, or is he going to get some sort of end around or some sort of trick play? Oh, that's a really good question. Now that we've got McColl out, I think they are turning him into some of the a couple of those gimmick plays, right? He's got the speed for it. I would expect his touchdown to be an end around. Okay. Bull. What, what you are you? Being, pussy. <laughs> what, what are your keys to the game for the Kansas City Chiefs to win? Finish. We can't let this game go the way the last two Bengals games have gone. We need to finish strong. We cannot get comfortable. We cannot get 
lazy or one-dimensional in the play calling, we have to continue to mix it up. We have to continue to score points. We have to make sure that they do not have a chance to come back in the second half. Uh, now, if we don't start out hot and the game like, just starts off going back and forth, you know, still need to finish strong. If we're not up in the second half, we need we need to finish stronger. Um, so, I mean, I don't think that um, is has – nobody's doubting that part in their mind. Uh, it's the way sports work. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, just – if this game were to go the way the last two games did, I think some Chiefs fans would have aneurysms. Um, I, <laughs> there's – this team is way too talented to see them fall into really stupid habits. Um, and I, th- I think most of us know it has a lot to do with what the coaches are telling the players to do. Um, that's, that's probably the biggest key to this game. We got to make sure we're finishing strong. I don't think I have a specific key on the offense or the defense. Just this, this team has to keep its head in the game and not – get lazy in the last 30 minutes of this football game. Yeah, for me, I'm going to agree. Finish is the big one. We've been up in the first half in both the two previous games and lost it. It's got to be finish. You cannot take your foot off of their necks. If you've got a team down that has the weapons that the Bengals have, you have to keep the foot on the gas. You cannot stop. Is if you start to coast at any point in time, all your momentum's gone and they're revving it up. Um, my other one is going to be execution. Execute. If as long as you execute, then you don't have to worry about going down or being a close game at halftime against this team. When they get down, they get down and they stop. And you cannot let it come back because you stopped executing. And that's one thing that this Kansas City Chiefs team has done this year is continue to execute even through low moments to run the clock down. So as long as they can continue to do that, this game should be in hand. I would agree. There's nothing there's nothing scary enough on their defense that makes us say we might struggle scoring points this game. There's nobody on that their side of the football 100%. that is going to give us too much trouble uh, while we're running our offense. Um, but we, we know the defense that we have is close to elite in certain aspects, but on the back end against, uh, three good receivers, a, a semi good tight end and a pretty good quarterback, you know, that's a, that's a recipe that looks like we might give up some points. Um, so, so I, it's it's hard not to expect a shootout from this game, um, and with all all the stuff that's been happening on Twitter, uh, it's it's going to be good television. Um, this this it's not a Sunday night game, right? This is a it is not. It should have been the the, yeah, the I was night game say, is the Colts this is one of those Cowboys. games. But this we, is we could have used Patty in in prime time uh, instead the of Colts NFL. Cowboys. We could have used <laughs> Patty in the prime time if we're moving Pat out. Uh, because Russell is god-awful, we should be moving the Cowboys out because Matt Ryan is god-awful. And this is the game that should have got put in. And the NFL is going to kick themselves in the pants for missing it. You were the one saying that the the TV map for CBS, like, 
there's only small areas that are seeing other games. It's mostly so us. You, they, they, they do put out the TV maps for what games are going on where in the United States for the for the three o'clock hours. It's California, about five percent of Arizona, seventy five percent of Nevada, and like half of Oregon. Those are showing the Chargers game. Everywhere yeah. else, including Hawaii, Alaska. And the rest of the United States, I think there was even a couple of territories in there. Everywhere else is Kansas City Chiefs. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Everywhere else is Kansas City Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Tybo, anything else before we get into our pick'em? I don't know, man. Uh, It's going to be fun. I'm... I'm kind of upset this game wasn't at home. I don't know why we have to go back to Cincinnati again in a regular season, but it is what it is. It's what it is, man. You can always come over. I think I'm going to smoke a pork butt if you'd like to join. Oh, you think, Barry? Oh, you think? Yes, sir. Well, Tybo, you were last week's winner. Um, we've already obviously, uh, uh, got a few things going on here. You want, uh, you want first, second, third, where do you want to go? We we did put you at third in the NFL show that was recorded prior to this. Well, with the, with the split, it already, it just felt like I was going first anyway. With the Chiefs pick, I really don't care. Like Chiefs are going to win. Chiefs are going to (laughs) win. Chiefs are going to win. Uh, this is going to be the most vanilla football score ever. 35-28. That's still a seven-point spread. That's that's uh, very close. Sean uh, went even closer. He went 30-27. to 27. I am going to go 27-24. Um... Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I was thinking about it because I did say it was going to be high scoring. So I uh, uh, was that high enough. That was not high enough in my book. So I, I'm going to I'm going to change it. <laughs> I'm changing it. 37. 34. The score's got to match this man's narrative. It was it not high scoring. It, it, has to. it wasn't. This is close enough in my books. And there you Watch have it. Watch it be 10-7. <laughs> Just to oh, be if a defensive struggle. <laughs> if it's 10-7, I'm shutting the game off and I'm throwing the pork butt in the trash. I'm going to sleep. Is everything you said like, was entirely wrong. Yeah. Oh, well, all of it. Just like our score predictions go in the book, so does this episode for a pregame of the Chiefs and the Bengals. Make sure to tune in to the NFL show. That'll be out shortly. Um, Make sure to catch us back on Wednesday as we recap exactly how the game went. But you already know it's going to go like we said, because it always does. Always. Always. Make sure to catch us next time. And as always, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs! Where my dog's at.